Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yes, you're very welcome along to the Huddle Breakdown. Enda here with you alongside Alan Morrison and Juco James. Guys, how are you doing? Good, thank you. Good. I'm glad you got your button gear, Enda. We go live today. This is good stuff. Yeah. Well, we're four minutes late, so fashionably late as usual when it comes to these live streams. Johnny in the comments is already getting impatient, but here we are. <laughs> and uh, we're looking ahead to the rangers game this weekend the last derby of the year if celtic win it simple stuff they go nine points clear at the top of the table not quite mathematically secure in terms of the title just yet if they win this game but with a goal difference of plus 15 and more celtic more or less wrap up the league title this weekend if they beat rangers at parkhead then we're also going to look back at the ross county game that happened last week the first game of the split and celtic were Really impressive. Really, really good. Alan, this was a return of Kyogo to start an 11 for Celtic, <clears> and <throat> he made himself known. He reminded us what we were missing for those months. Yeah, he, uh, it, it was kind of classic Kyogo in a sense that um, he he really wasn't involved in the game a whole lot other than uh, the number of chances that he had. I think 11 passes or something he was involved in. Um so it just gives you an indication of his level of kind of involvement in build-up play, uh, and yet you know within that time it was on the pitch. You know he managed five shots, all inside the box, including that crucial opening goal. And after about twelve minutes, which kind of settled everyone everyone down a little bit, did miss a great chance uh, to make it two 0 Just needed to close his foot and put it in the other corner, but easy to easy to say. As the, as, as the sort of Thursday afternoon quarterback, but uh, no, so he it was good to see him back. Um, like I say, I, I don't I think he's a way off full full kind of speed Kyogo, full fat Kyogo if I can dare use that. Um, but uh, no, it was it was good good to see him back. And I think the other aspect of the game was again it was another one of those games where it got a bit sticky kind of in the sec- early part of the second half, and they they were start they, they sort of, again they they pushed ten yards up the pitch. They started pressing a little bit more aggressively and they started being a bit more accurate with launching the long balls onto Jordan White's head. Um, and, that, and that created a few a few moments for them. Not great chances, but a few moments. Um, and again, what was pleasing was that, you know, the subs came on from about the hour mark onwards. And, and actually, as has been a pattern this season, we gradually wrestled control back 
uh, of the game. And again, if you look at the last quarter of the game, there's very little threat of, of any. And again, that quality off the bench, it just uh, it just makes such a difference. And that's again the quality that Celtic should should have given their you know uh, advantages we've talked about uh, many times. So that, I think that was a pleasing aspect of it. Um, the, the it was an interesting game. Other little bits that were interesting for me were um, the fact that Ross Callaghan was booked after five minutes by Clancy. And if you want to see what the impact of taking action by the referee is early, that is a classic example. Callaghan is there. I think he looks like a, a cultural fan of the other side, but the, I'm guessing the way he plays and his general demeanour. Um, and he was obviously there to put himself around, as, the, as they say, launched uh, into McGregor quite early on as well. He got booked after five minutes. Think that that over aggressive style, and that's what happens, and that also you know, counterpoint to what didn't happen in the semi final. And the second thing was they obviously decided Carl Starfelt was just absolutely rubbish, and they just let him have the ball all day, <laughs> and he just kind of he literally nobody pressed him, nobody went near him. They just said off you go. So he had seventeen pack passes, four progressive runs. I mean, it was an interesting feature, I think. Then uh, that's the last bit of it, I think I would say, is just the fact that you know, for Celtic, the core of the the core of the team, Hart, Carter, Vickers, Starfelt, McGregor, is just looking really solid now. It's looking really. They all look like they're in form. They're all kind of, you know, they're they're all on it defensively. I'm talking about really more than anything. And I think that's a really kind of uh, you know, positive sign for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Going forward, James, the style of play that Celtic have been implementing has changed throughout the season. You know, you've got the uh, Giacomacchus period where he was coming deep, collecting the ball, opening up wide to the, the forward lines. What Kyogo does is very different to that and almost has a complete opposite effect on the team. He stretches the game the other way completely by getting him behind. And I think you saw that with the game at the weekend against Ross County. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think um, the most interesting aspect of the game with Ross County analytically for me was, um, you know, it reminded me of uh, Van Brockhurst's verse game against us and the level of uh, kind of incoherence. <laughs> I, I thought their game plan was pretty incoherent. Um, so I was I was thrilled when I saw how they were set up and how they were playing in the first half because I, you know, it became a, a degree of confidence that if we were going to drop points, it was going to be one of those crazy games where, you know, we, we have 20 great chances and just don't score for some odd reason. Like the one that Kyogo missed that, you know what I mean? It was like, it was going to be one of those games if we were going to have a problem, but otherwise, I mean, they were just, they, they set up in a way that uh, was favorable and not only favorable to us, but with the context of Kyogo playing in the role that he does. Um, so yeah, I, it, it was, um, I, I would say it was a good performance and one enabled by an, op- an opponent that wasn't uh, terribly coherent. And I, mm-hmm. my big fear was if they were going to set up narrow and deep and just turn it into one of those games, more of a Livingston game. Um, that was where my anxiety resided. So, um, you know, and, and that would be the situation where you'd say, oh, well, maybe a Jack Amakis coming in could help uh, on the margins relative to Kyogo, for example. But yeah, the way they set up, I thought it was kind of tailor-made for 
for Kyogo and you know them when they did get back in they did narrow up a little bit but then that left space and their fullbacks can't handle Jota and one-on-one I mean it was just it was like shooting fish in a barrel Mm. these games are very much about getting over the line so the manner of which Celtic got over the line at the weekend was probably the most impressive it was just a really good performance from the squad and bouncing back from that semi-final defeat it just shows you the character within the squad as well Moving forward to the Derby this weekend, it is probably the biggest. I mean, we've said every Derby was the biggest Derby. This probably is the biggest Derby of the season because it, it means that Celtic can more or less wrap up the league title. If you haven't seen the Ange Postacoglu press conference just yet, uh, the big key points from this is that Giacomakis and Kyogo are both fit for this game. He confirmed that near beaten return to training this week. Juranovic is out. Uh, still unavailable for this game. And he also had a lovely little dig about the European football situation going on. Obviously, Rangers playing in the Europa League semi-final against Leipzig on Thursday. He was asked if their their run in the Europa League shows you how well Scottish teams can do in Europe. And Ange Postacoglu replied with, if you want evidence of how well Scottish clubs can do in Europe, there's a trophy just down the road that I can show you here, mate. So uh, not impressed with the questioning once again was Ange Postacoglu. Guys, this is a big game, a huge game, especially since Celtic lost to Rangers in the semi-final. Celtic need to do something different. What is that going to be? That's the million-dollar question, I guess. I have no idea. I, that's my big question, so I'm looking forward to what the answer might be. <laughs> Crikey. Um, you, may th- you may well very well say that. I think, it will, we, I think we all know um, it will be do plan A better. Uh, really, and, I, and I'm not, and I'm not trivialising or going down the. He doesn't have a plan B because uh, hopefully, if people have been listening to this podcast all season, they'll know that I've I've been at pains to point out whenever Postecoglou does something different, uh, which he has done at various points in the season. Um, but but it, it is it is an interesting one, and I think make no apologies now. You know, this is a Celtic podcast, and we you probably people listening to this want to talk about Celtic, but but actually the interesting aspect of this game isn't really Celtic because I don't think it's that difficult to predict that either the lineup or the, the the approach that Celtic will take, especially at home. You know, we're going to try and play on the front foot. We're going to play four three three. It's probably going to be the same lineup more or less as it played at Ross County. Um, I would guess uh, he's not. He doesn't seem to be up for tinkering for the sake of it. Uh, I don't think there's any great tactical uh, master plan because if he knows, I don't, I, I, I don't know if he knows what Van Chris is going to do or what type of team he's going to put out. So I'm, I'm going to gloss over Celtic a little bit. I think what I would say though is, in terms of how can we do better, we just got to pass the ball better. Really, mm-hmm. we've got to be a bit a bit braver on the ball uh, in terms of. Uh, the passes that we look for, especially if the high press is adopted. So for me, um, thinking about, you know, will they sit in? Um, I, I don't think they will, because I think that's really dangerous to do. Because I think you'll end up getting into a game where you're relying on fitness and mental fitness to, to, to defend deep and then to find a strategy to get forward. I think they'll play like, they'll try and play like they did in the semi-final, which is to make it as much of a, an arm wrestle as they possibly can make the game as broken as they possibly can and just because I think the worst thing for them is if Celtic get control of the game and if Celtic control the game and keep the ball and they're running around and not on the ball like they were last night 
then I think that's that's not a good situation for them to be in. So I think they'll try and make it a, a, a broken game again. If we do that, then I think the, the difference that we'll have uh, in this game is that with Mieda and Kyogo up front, the ability to to hit good lo- good long balls over the top of the press is is there, uh, and we need mm-hmm. to be brave and, and, and spot those early and and and, and gamble that Kyogo is going to move into into the right position because he probably will. So I think I think I think that would be the improvement I'd want to see, assuming that we go down the same road as we we did in the semi final. It'll be that for Celtic, it'll be that that bravery on the ball, that but maybe going longer with more accuracy, um, and 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 then holding. You know, you, you, there'll there'll be a little bit of fighting for it on occasions as well. Um, so possibly O'Reilly is is more of a a better bet than than Rogic, uh, but yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let James come in on Celtic, but then, as I say, I think the more interesting conversation is going to be about how they potentially approach it. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I'm going to uh, co-opt one of Alan's signature phrases: "Is that I think the combination of uh, Rangers playing more aggressive, meaning that they're probably not going to sit in." I agree with that. Um, I probably wouldn't if I was them either. Um, the, the the combination of Kyogo Maeda. And I'm assuming they'll revert back to McGregor uh, at keeper. Could be a toxic combination uh, for Rangers in in our ability to play those balls long uh, over the top um, and you know run off of Goldson and depending on who they play, probably Bassey is my guess. Maybe at, I think Balogun suspended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'll probably go Barisic at left back. Um, so that and, and Bassey's been very good for them, especially for a young player, but. You know, when he has had some issues at center back that I've noticed has been a little, again, he, he's been moved around a lot. This is all understandable that he's had some positional issues and he makes up for it at times because he's a fast guy. Um, but it's different being fast catching up to Jack Amakis, for example, versus trying to catch up with Maeda or Kyogo when they're timing their runs well. Um, you know, the, un, the, the, the obvious issue is uh, I think Alan's second favorite referee is uh, – uh, going to be in the batch so i i would assume that they will uh replicate what they did and as alan said in uh the semi i'll be curious to see how we respond to that um you know i don't think we were as physically aggressive as we could have been um you know somebody like rogic maybe give it back a little bit uh as you get uh mix it up a little bit but we'll, we'll see if there's that little bit more um physical approach that, that we might go for um, but yeah, I, I agree with Alan generally is that the variance is on their side. We're going to do what we're going to do to me. My big concern on the Celtic side, and I, I wrote about that this this week is that the trend in all three of the derbies since GVB has shown up, um, has been, we haven't really imposed our Ange esque style of play. Meaning that, you know, even if you look at things like possession, number of passes, the only other two games we've played this season that were comparable to all three of the games, and it, it's gotten less control, you know, a la Ange Ball, was a way to Alkmaar and a way to Leverkusen. Even at home to Leverkusen and, and home and away, and, you know, the, the away one or the home one to Betis was a little different because it was a, you know, basically a dead rubber. But, um, you know, we, we basically uh, imposed our will. At cost at times, you know, we, when 
uh, we went to Betis. It was a great game and we lost four or three, but we lost at least mm-hmm. going down playing our style of, of football. We've had trouble doing that the last three games against them. And um, the first, as I wrote, the first game is kind of excusable talk, you know, you average things out as we talked about after the game and Alan like, rightly pointed out at the time, there was a huge game state issue there. Cause we happened to go three up, you know, had a couple of low XG shots go in from, um, uh, from Hatate. So that was, you know, we sat back and they kind of let them have the ball and at, challenged them to break us down. That was not the case the last two games. Um, and, you know, the, 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 what we saw in that first game on average kind of played out again. And I would say on an even increasing basis in the cup semi. So what I really want to see is us to really impose more. And I want it to be particularly because we're at home. I, I want us to play the way that we're going to play. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and kind of um, impose on them. Now, again, whether or not the refereeing and the physicality makes that difficult, that's going to be a question. And, you know, I think that was a big element in the semifinal that, that could make it a challenge. But um, that's what I'm hoping to see anyway. Mm-hmm. Kieran Devlin had a good piece in The Athletic this week about this game and how Celtic, how he thinks Celtic should play. And he's essentially saying Celtic need to be more bold than they've been rather than retracting into themselves and trying to be a little bit more conservative. They need to get back to what they did best. And if you think back to the game, the nighttime game in Celtic Park that Abada scored the goal in, Celtic were extremely bold in the first half in that game when it came to the high press, the intensity of the press. And it almost got put, they almost got punished for it early on. I think there was a chance for Lundstrom, maybe or someone else. I can't remember exactly who it was. And it was saved by Joe Hart and then suddenly Celtic take the lead and then they're completely in control from that point. So I thought that was an interesting take from Kieran Devlin. And it comes into the idea that of what Andrew was trying to get across after the semi-final, that he felt that the Celtic players weren't brave enough when in possession. And I think that's a, that's a phrase that's thrown around a lot and people often wonder what does brave actually look like. For me, brave is taking the touch, turning with the ball, going at a player. It's, it's not trying to play a 60-yard ball. That's not what brave means. Brave just means concentrating on what you're doing and not getting put off by a, a player up your ass. You know, you know, just being calm in possession, that's what brave is. Tom Rogic tried to do that in the last game and was fouled a lot. If, he, say, for example, it's Matt O'Reilly, what does Matt O'Reilly do differently to Tom Rogic um, when he's being brave on the ball? What does he do differently if he, if he comes into the starting lineup? Yeah, I think um, for me, and and you're right. By the way, in terms of you know what is brave on the ball, it's it's, it's that ability to um, to fight for the ball and get on the ball, even if you're being under, put under a lot of pressure. But it's it's not just playing the simple pass, like you know, okay, I can I can knock it back five yards, and, and then I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give someone else responsibility. It's it's and you're really looking at your creative players to get themselves into a body shape and into a position where they can then play hopefully a forward pass or at least a pass that's going to break break open some space. And it's it's having the patience and the the will to do that versus just dropping it off quickly or, um, you know, it's something I always, this is my, my, my daughter plays and it's my one, I always know when she's nervous in the game because she she almost plays first-time football and she just doesn't take the touch. And I said, and that's what I said, that's what brain brave on the ball was. Take the touch, take the contact, keep the ball and then do something with it. And that's what you want your creative players to do. Uh, I think for for me, what O'Reilly um, brings is, is is probably his his movement is better. So in terms of finding spaces on the park, 
Um, his first touch, I, I would say, is better. I know Rogic has got is, is a dream at controlling the ball, especially under pressure. But I think O'Reilly's ability to take a ball, a pass, and, and if you're playing longer passes, they're less accurate. So you're, you're probably trying to bring it down, you know, at different heights, at different velocities, rather than a five-yard pass. Um, O'Reilly's ability to master the ball coming at him from different um, heights and distances, I would say, is superior. Rogic, once he gets the ball, he's, he's, he's very difficult to knock off it. Off it. Um, but I think O'Reilly will get himself into better positions for, to start with. And I think he'll be brave in terms of when you get him the ball, he'll fight for it, he'll get it under control. And then if he can turn, then it's the, what are you going to do next? So that's, that's why I would have him in there. And that's kind of what we mean. And as I say, the, the other dynamic that we didn't have in the semi-final was just that, that movement. Uh, and when you've got Maeda and Kyogo, who are both excellent at making outside to in runs or runs into channels, into space, especially if they go four at the back, which I don't think they'll go five at the back again, um, uh, as they did last night. Then there's going to be you know space in the in the you know between the fullbacks and the centre backs that will be where those two especially will try and operate. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we can labour the point on Jakimakis versus Kyogo if we want, but I think it's more interesting just to assume that it is Kyogo that's starting in this game because I mean you're probably saying he's the better option because if Jakimakis is just back, I mean, who knows how fit he is. So, so James, in terms of the Kyogo Maeda link up, we haven't really seen that this season so far, really. Um, pain is what you could probably uh, predict for some, some players. If you're talking about the amount of, of running they're going to do. Yes. Clubber. I agree. And yeah. um, I, I, that I, that was probably to me the most exciting part of the Ross County game, as you saw some flashes of that them interplaying and uh, the movement, and it, it's the um, you know hopefully a window into potential of what we could see next season as they have more time to you know kind of um, work on that in in uh, preseason uh, when they're both fit hopefully, um, but yeah, it, I, I just it. It should be really interesting to see how that plays out. And I, I think the – the and I, I suspect he'll go with Rogic. Uh, Alan and I are probably going to be denied our satisfaction once again. Um, but why I think that could be a mistake is, um, you know, generally athletically we match up well, but there are some man-to-man things that they did in the last couple of games that gave us some problems. And Bassey – is big and strong and when it's officiated the way it was officiated and probably will be again this weekend, he's a tough physical matchup for Rogic for to Alan's point. Um, you know, Rogic isn't the quickest guy laterally when he, you know, he, when he's, he's like a steam engine when once he gets rolling, his pace is actually surprising at times, but he's got to get up to that, you know, cruise uh, speed to get there. Um, whereas O'Reilly's kind of got that more lateral quickness. And you saw that when he came on in the semi that, you know, he was able to get away from Bassey more. Um, Bassey, Bassey moved as well, which which changed it. But um, so we saw that with a rebo marking McGregor. You know, a rebo's a, a, a big, strong, athletic guy. And that, that's a tougher matchup for McGregor than a Ramsey or, you know, somebody who's not of the profile that a rebo is. So the cha- I think the challenge we have is they basically man marked those two guys, not completely out of the game, but significantly limited them relative to also the officiating and then that leaves us with who to kind of ball progression and um kind of deep 
playmaking, and that leaves you with not great options on uh, right back now and and the center back pairing. Um, Taylor has done pretty well, so I think he's still a, a good option there. Um, and then you got a Hitate whose profile is one of high risk, but you know he. he he tries a lot of things, and because of that, sometimes they don't come off. Um, and he's not as secure, let's say. And is like, that's where O'Reilly. I mean, that's where O'Reilly's a mutant because he takes risks, but his his um, his his success rate is also very high. Um, so, you know, I, I think if if you if you don't play O'Reilly, we get back into this issue where two legs of the stool in midfield really very likely might be man marked out of the game. And then that leaves us with the same issue. Now, could Hitate hit Maeda and Kyogo on some of these runs off of Goldson's shoulder? And as I said before the, the semifinal, you know, you get McGregor flailing out and <laughs> wiping somebody out or something like that. Absolutely. Like I, I think there's, it's very plausible that that could happen. Um, but I think that the, the balance of the team and the likelihood of that type of thing occurring goes up if you have O'Reilly and over Rogic. Um, but again, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm 42% confident that he'll go O'Reilly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the other benefit of O'Reilly is, I mean, Rogic's strength is is ball progression. He runs with the ball. He's difficult to knock off. Once he gets the ball. He can then take the team forward. Um, right, O'Reilly is more of a passer, um, and, and the, the, the prospect of having Maeda and Kyogo making runs in front of O'Reilly. I mean, we've we've only seen it for for for, for very few minutes. I mean, O'Reilly was actually pretty quiet in against Ross County, to be fair. But um, you know, on a on a on a on a on a bigger playing field like Celtic Park is compared to Ross County's pitch. Um, the prospect of O'Reilly feeding in balls to those two, I think, is really exciting. So, I definitely, for all, all those reasons, I would definitely go that way. Uh, and I think the fact that O'Reilly played the last game suggests to me that he will, you know, I mean, he wasn't terrible against Ross County. I mean, he was just relatively quiet. But he is, he can look quiet, um, O'Reilly, and yet he still, he still set up. Yeah, I think he only had one shot, but he still set up four chances, <laughs> you know, so, which was this, which was the same as as Yota. So, um, you know, he, he wasn't he wasn't completely uh, completely redundant. Um, I think I think he'll go with the same, but you know, it could be Rogic. Yeah, we'll wait and see. This is the huddle breakdown. This is the first live show that we've done in quite a while. So there's comments coming in on YouTube as well. If you're watching on YouTube, do hit the like button and subscribe to the channel as well. We're just short. Of 5,000 subs. So if you can get us there before the end of the week, before the game, that'll be great. Thanks very much for everybody who has subscribed so far. Uh, the comment that I want to touch on here, this might be a small sample size, Alan. So um, you may not have a, an answer to this at all. But Rory D1888 says, Love the show, lads. Would love to see a deep dive into left back slash left attacker. Seems Taylor is better with Maeda ahead of him, while Jota seems better with JJ behind him do the stats back up the eye test. So I know you did a piece on Greg <laughs> Taylor uh, recently enough. Yeah. I know this is probably a difficult question to answer, but Maeda Taylor on the left-hand side, is that a partnership that you see <clears throat> growing and expanding and getting better as, as they play together? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the and, and it's a great question. I, I, can't, I don't have the answer on the top of my head. I mean, I'd have to do some dig, deep diving into that in terms of the partnerships and how they play together and then the 
she would be is there a big enough sample size for, for it to be meaningful but it's a great question thank you um yeah in terms of taylor i think that you know for me the story with him is that he's he's you know defensively because the, the problem for all Celtic left-backs is we've got a Tierney benchmark. It's a bit like centre-backs. We've got a Van Dijk benchmark and we've got a Tierney benchmark. Now, these are really, these are some of the best best players in, in the world, I would argue. I mean, Tierney's, mm-hmm. you know, rumoured to be attracting attention from Real Madrid, but it does make him a very useful benchmark. And now, clearly, none of the left-backs we've had in recent, in recent times come anywhere uh, near uh, hitting that Tierney benchmark. But w- what Taylor does do, and, and I'm going to focus on the positives rather than the... The, any perceived negatives is is that you know his 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 ability to, his, his creativity if you want to call it that which is quite a broad term uh, is is actually pretty good um now you know tierney had an expected assist rate that a, that a midfielder would die for you know it was like 0.2 expected assists per 90 minutes and taylor gets pretty close to that i think he's point he's point uh 18 um but where where he where he's very good is he's actually very good off the ball uh taylor he's very good at finding space and getting getting on the ball uh, in being available. Uh, so, you know, this is the other end of the packing uh, transaction. So you've got to have someone to pass to. And Taylor's actually was far more effective at that than, than Tierney. Now, you've got to be careful because, you know, Celtic under Rodgers, which is where I've got my Tierney data from, um, didn't have such a emphasis in terms of style of play on, on, on aggressive vertical passing. It was all about control. It was all about keeping possession. And, and and they would keep possession over giving the ball away. Whereas with under Postacoglu, there's more of an emphasis on more aggressive vertical passing, uh, which means that you know um, your numbers are going to look like you're, a, for example, better at the packing. But actually, it's a question of style. Actually, if Tierney played in a team that played with a high degree of verticality, he would be spectacular. I've got no doubt about that, because because of his his, his his strength, his um, work rate, his off the ball movement, his his technique you know, are all top class but, but but having said all that you know taylor taylor does a pretty good job in in that sense in terms of both his kind of packing passing um ability uh in fact his 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 pack passing is, is is way ahead of any other left back we've had including tierney but again is that more to do with style where he doesn't add so much value is in bringing the ball forward um running with the ball essentially and and one of the things that celtic need to think about on on Sunday to combat the um, the aggressive man to man and the press is when McGregor and Hatati and O'Reilly get on the ball. Sometimes the be brave option is to actually run with it and take your marker away. If you can just get away from your marker, that that disrupts the whole the whole defense. The whole defense then has a has a has a really uh, serious decision to make. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. As to whether to bail out their teammate who's lost the guy running with the ball or to stick man to man and, and surrender the space. So I was screaming uh, in the semifinal for Celtic to be braver in terms of running with the ball. Because when McGregor did do it, he, com- he completely... Uh, broke up in uh, the game, so um, so Taylor doesn't give you that. That's one of uh, one, not one of his strengths, and it's not one of Rolson's strengths either. So I think to to James's point that we're going to have this. The risk is we're going to have this deficit if if McGregor and O'Reilly, Rogic are man marked. You know, do you trust Rolston, Taylor, um, and Hatati to break down uh, Rangers' defence? I think I think Taylor's good passing wise, and I think with Maeda's movement in front of him. Taylor's Taylor's actually pretty decent. I know he gives the ball away a lot, um, mm-hmm. but 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 he also he also connects quite a few times. So I think coming back to the question, him and him with Maeda in front of them is a is a nice combination. Maeda's pace and aggression and running ability, Taylor's good good on the ball, uh, really. Um, I think is a good combination. But I, I come back to that general point and agreeing with James really is that we just need to be will we have will we have the legs to kind of break that man to man press. I got two words for you. Mm. Carl Starfelt. There you go. There you go. He was like a gazelle against Ross County, wasn't he? Well, I, I, again, <laughs> to his credit, he's, he's really uh, grown into that role of the ball carrying. Now, again, a lot of times teams are just letting him do it because his end product at times, you know, he, he, he's almost, I, I, you know, uh, I, I mean this uh, in a good spirit. You know, he's almost like Curly from the Three Stooges. He gets into that those zones sometimes. He's like, you know, whoop, whoop, whoop what do I do now? You know, he get he gets within like 10 yards of the, of the, 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 the penalty area. And, and then he's like, Oh no, I made it this far. What do I do? Um, so, but yeah, he's, he's been pr- pretty good. But again, if I'm an opposing team, if I'm choosing my, you know, so-called evil, um, I'm probably letting Starfelt be the one over um, these other alternatives. And I, you know, I Taylor. I, I just wish Taylor were three inches taller and maybe two steps faster, uh, because to all Alan's points, I mean, his, yeah, his movement, his intensity, his work rate. I mean, he just he does all of those things really, really well. He just doesn't quite have that those that extra gear of pace. Um, 
and he's gotten so much better in so many different ways. It's so admirable, but um, you know, he's, he's probably kind of topped out as far as what he's going to be and what he is really good against, you know, most opponents probably just not that quite level against the European level. Yeah. Mm. That's it. That's fair. Kevin 14 makes a great point to say that Christopher Iyer would have been amazing now. And I think (laughs) if you're a lot of people talk about, you know, what um, a couple of the players that we had last season would have been like this season. I know it's all hypothetical, but Iyer would have been that, you know, that different layer of, of type of style of play defender that we, we kind of desperately want at the club at the minute. Uh, so hopefully we add depth to the team at the end of the season and, and continue to build on this. And um, not to make you the negative Nelly of the group, James, but <laughs> well, why, that, think- that's so unfair and out of character. What are you doing? No, just if, if I'm thinking about things that could go wrong, uh, because <laughs> oh, then know, I'm we, your man. <laughs> we, we, we like here we go. We like to we, we like to play doomsday on, on the show sometimes. If, if we think of things that could go wrong, logically. With Maeda and Kyogo on the pitch, you're going to be pressing high. You're going to be stretching the game. Rangers are going to be on the break quite a bit. If there's a large gap between our forward line that'll be pushed high and our defensive line, which may not be quick enough to get out, that leaves a lot of space. So how do we counteract that? A lot of people in the comments so far want a double pivot in midfield. And she doesn't play a double pivot because that's not so that's not going to happen. So how do we stop that? I don't know. I, I, I you know, um, I think that's I, I think Rangers may have injured their way into a lineup that concerns me and that has concerned me for a while now, which is if they actually go with um, a front three that is focused on pace and transitions. Um, so whether that's Sakala through the middle or Kent through the middle flanked by right. And, uh, who was the other one? Who did they, who did they play last night? I didn't see much of the game, um, <laughs> out wide, but, um, so, you know, they, they've got some pieces there where in transition, if we kind of get back into as I, you know, you know, dedicated to Alan, one of my cr- cross sport analogies is, you know, more of a fast break basketball type of game, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, you know, I, I, I just get concerned because we just don't have that pace and, uh, throw Ralston into the mix instead of Juranovic. I mean, all of these are pressure points where we don't have much pace in the back four and we don't have a keeper that's terribly good at sweeping. So that mix creates risk. And, um, if they're going to press us high and they have the freshness to be able to do that with intensity, you know, th- th- that's the that's the worry. That's why I say when we go into this, some of these things that have begun to become bigger issues, particularly in the last two derbies, um, you know, I had expressed concern that they would optimize for these kinds of things. And as I've said, they may have injured themselves into a more optimized form of it. Um, so it'd be a question of matchups in midfield. And, you know, I, I continue to say it their decision at keeper may be seminal for the game um it could be that important because if they play mcgregor against that pressing front of kyogo and maeda throwing in the mix of us being able to play in behind um you know to me that's a really favorable matchup i'd much rather see mcgregor than than mclaughlin uh for them 
uh, our, you know, kind of like we've been saying, I think our situations are situation. I, I don't see a whole lot of solutions um, other than just do a better job uh, and, and don't lose the ball as much talents. I mean, that's really, that's the issue. We can't lose the ball as much that that's ultimately because the transitions are going to have inherent problems because of the personnel that we have available. Mm -hmm. Do we need to be a bit more uh, aggressive uh, for want of a better word? Do we need to be more bastards in this game and do what Rangers did in the first, in, in the last game in the cup semifinal? Do we need to interrupt their game plan? Like if they're on the break, take them out is that what Celtic need to do in this game essentially well we did to a degree um mm. I, again I I'm always cautious about getting outside of your personality I mean that forcing things situationally I think you know it, it, it's um you know if, if if you know uh on occasion again Alan dedicated to you if, if, if you're Muhammad Ali early Muhammad Ali and you're against Sonny Liston you know, he was Cassius Clay. You don't want to get drawn into, you know, a war inside. You want to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee, right? So in some ways, we're more of the finesse team. We're, that's what we're good at. To get dragged down into um, a punching match uh, where we're just throwing haymakers back and forth physically, I, you know, I don't think we're going to win that. McGregor is not as big as Lundstrom. <laughs> you know, he's not as big as Arebo. Uh, you know, so it, 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 I think we could do more of it, right? A, a little bit more of it on the margin. Um, and I'd like to see a little bit more maybe snarling, I guess is the best mm -hmm. way to put it, um, from guys like Aragic. You know, if, if you're going to get roughed up, you know, I, I, I come from personal experience, right? I'm not a great athlete, but I, I played a lot of basketball growing up and I played at a level that I probably wasn't good enough because I was that bastard. I was the guy that played with the dark arts and, you know, walk that fine line between elbows and, you know, roughing guys up a little bit that were finesse players. And then they'd get angry and run over you. And that's an offensive foul. And then it goes the other way. Right. So that's how that's the dark arts. And part of that is to get guys off their game. Um, and one of the ways to kind of push back is to be a snarling prick. You know, I didn't like that when a guy would give it back to me in the sense of, OK, but they got to like walk McGregor. that line. Like, like McGregor, McGregor, McGregor. calling the shape, calling them a shape bike. Yeah, exactly. So there's, you know, there's a line. You, you don't want to move out of your character of how you play, but you also need to snarl a little bit. And and that, that's, you know, I didn't see that at all from Rogic in the last game. I mean, he 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 doesn't like in my old days of playing, I would have been drooling to face Rogic in that game, right? Because mm -hmm. he looked like a guy that was being affected by the physicality. Um, and, and I, you know, so I, I think it's just that kind of thing. It's, it's a, it's a, a, a mental thing and saying, okay, I'm not putting up with this bullshit. I'm going to make you pay for it rather than, oh, woe is me. I don't like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just as we begin to wrap this preview up then, um, I guess the, the way that you described them not, or, or described us as more of a finesse team than, than they are given the idea that this title apparently means nothing to them, you know, now that it's out of their grasp, Alan, um, almost nine points clear out of their grasp. Don't be a jinx. Almost out. Almost, I said almost out. Didn't I? No, no, you didn't. Yeah. You said out of their grasp. Wow. Almost. I'm, I'm too almost, superstitious almost. for that. All right, you're, 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 you're a clever lad, Enda. You, you, <laughs> you're you're Irish it. for God's sakes. You should be worried about these things. Come on. <laughs> 
That's that's not a good answer. That's not a good answer. This 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 league's very important. You're clever, lads. You can work that out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What what's what I was going to ask was going forward. Um, if Celtic do end up winning this game, thank you. I mean, that is the league title essentially over. Yeah, I mean, there's three games left. It's going to be a plus, at least a plus seventeen goal difference or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, it's it's done. It's done if if Celtic uh, win, um, and I think you know the, the best way to, for them to do that is to play their own game better, as I think as as we've said. What, what interesting little thing about how they've adapted to the injuries to their strikers is is a, is a significant increase in long balls, right? So if you look at their average for the season, they're about the same as Celtics in the SPFL, around low sixties in terms of long balls attempted per game. It was um, 73 in the game against Celtic, 77 against St Mirren, 73 against Motherwell, and 74 last night in Leipzig. So, I, I, and I think they'll, they'll go they'll go the same. They're they're going to go long and early, um, and therefore you know try and, and probably go with pace up front. So, I, I think Wright and Sakala um have probably got the same weaknesses in terms of they're not particularly strong on the ball, they're easily knocked off it. They don't necessarily I think Sakala doesn't make great decisions. I think Wright's better on the ball, he's a good passer. Um Sakala's probably a better bet for a goal. Um so take your pick really as to which one plays up front with Kent. And um, but I think what they're gonna do is they're gonna go long and they're gonna go early and try and get that hit that gap between Starfelt and Carter Vickers and Hart. Um because again I'm worried I'm the same as James. I'm worried about uh, the lack of pace in the, in the Celtic bat line compounded mm. by uh, Juranovic not being there. Um, now the question... Do you think the question, we'll go more centrally towards the centre-backs rather than over the top of Greg Taylor? Well, it'll be, it'll be down the, the, the... you know the, 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 They'll try and hit the half spaces between between the centre-backs and the... Uh, and the, now, the now, against in the semi-final, they, did, they played exactly the same as how a lot of SPFL teams played against Celtic. They, they tried to hit Roof and Ariba with long balls on top of um, Starfelt and Taylor. Now, they, they could do a little bit of that if Ariba plays on the right. Possibly that's that they, they will go down that route as well. Um, mm. So, so, so you know, these are all these are all the um, these are all the kind of weaknesses that we know about and things to look out for. I suppose you know, if for me, the key is if if Celtic can exert control on the game and keep the ball, you know, there's there's bound to be tired tired minds and tired tired bodies on on their side. I mean, if you look at the game last night, um, especially Aribo and uh, Kent, um, they had the most pressures. The most counter pressures, and they also were the ones that carried the ball the most up the park. These are all really tiring aspects of the game. I mean, Ariba had a really good match, and uh, when he was played centrally, he was really effective. When they pushed him out to the wide right, it was less so. But those two players, I would say, are their best bet for getting up the pitch and keeping the ball up the pitch and creating something. And uh, they're the ones I would say probably exerted the most effort and would, would probably be the most tired of all their players. So that that's a little bit of a little bit of hope. Um, so we, you know, we we need to put we need to get width in the game, which is what Leipzig failed to do. I mean, Leipzig's tactics last night were just dumb beyond beyond belief. They played three clever players in the middle of the park uh, up front, um, and then tried to play through six players. It's just it's never going to work. You know, there was a wall of six deep, low, big, strong players sat in front of the the eighteen yard box, and they tried to play intricate passes through them all night. They never went wide. If they had gone wide, there was nobody in the box because the two strikers kept dropping 
to 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 to, um, to collect the ball. And and yeah, you know, listen, uh, they did a good job. They did a good job of playing a very low classic, you know, part of the bus European uh, away away performance. Now Celtic, what Celtic need to do is is obviously exploit the wide areas, which I think is what we did in the three nil game. Um, you know, move move the centre backs out of position, get overloads in the full back areas because we know that you know Taverni Barisic, you know, Taverni especially is not is great going forward, not not so great in defence. So you know those those are, this is the thing and then we need to keep they need to have some presence in the box. And this is where, you know, I think we we're starting to see both wingers, when when Celtic have got the ball on one side, then the other one will make that back back post run. I think that's something which is starting to work really well now. So Celtic have got to get the ball into those wide areas and create those overloads. That's how they got success in the three nil game. But it's all about control. They've got to get mm. control, and if they get control, you're playing against a you know are going to be quite a tired team by the end of the end of the ninety minutes. Yeah. So when you say get the ball out wide, is it going to be Jota? As opposed to Abada, then and oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Maeda and 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 Kyogo up front. Uh, a lot of people have been asking or have been saying uh, Kyogo and Jakamakis in the comments. Uh, the Egyptian king has just commented saying, if, if Celtic play Gigi and Kyogo together up front, it will be a joy to watch. Another couple of people saying that Ange should tinker with the formation, try to get both of them into the team. Ange did play Kyogo and another striker up front this year in the last derby, in the first derby of the game, the season, that was the defeat. And it was Edward playing through the centre that day as opposed to Giacomacchus. And his biggest frustration and the biggest thing that he was criticised over the game was not playing Kyogo through the middle. So I would be surprised if Kyogo and Giacomacchus <clears> both <throat> played in this game. I, I can't see that happening. I think it's, it's going to be two out-and-out wingers and Kyogo through the middle, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I come back. I come back to the same point as I made about um, you know, the other week, which is, you know, what has Maeda done to get dropped? And, and, and what is the evidence that that Apostolou tinkers around to that extent? You know, common sense says we'll play pretty much the team that started against Ross County. I would, I would, uh, would be my bet anyway. Yeah, James. Anything else you want to add to this? No, I, I just, um, I mean, I get why, but I. My my personal assessment is that the uh, Jackamacus over Kyogo narrative is insane. Okay, Do you I want think to expand on that. Well, I, it, to a lesser degree, it would be like saying I prefer Hartson to the King. Yeah. Right. So I mean, that's, if the King's um, back, you play the King. I mean, he so just offers think so much more. Do you think it's recency bias? Of course it is, and and yeah. you know, again, Jackamacus played really well against lower SPFL teams for the most part. I mean, he had one good game against Rangers. Um, and outside of that, you know, again, it, it's, it, it's, um, it's this classic issue of extrapolating uh, domestic performance levels and then can it scale up at a different level against a different opponent playing a different kind of game. And, um, you know, to me, the idea of thinking that Jackamacus is a better striker for this game than Kyogo is is nuts mm. I think it's a bit like the Juranovic over Ralston debate a little bit and this isn't a slight on any of these players because they've all been brilliant this year including Giacomacus and Ralston but it, just naturally looking at Juranovic you're not going to say that Anthony Ralston's a better footballer than him like if you look at 
just his touch, the way he moves the ball, the way he runs with his head up the entire time. Juranovic is more of a natural footballer, whereas, you know, Ralston works hard and has produced some really good performances this year. It's sort of the same with Kyogo and, and Giacomacchus. You know, Kyogo just has a lot more strings to his bow than Giacomacchus does. That doesn't mean Giacomacchus is a bad footballer. That just means that Kyogo is better. These things happen and you play your best striker. Yeah, I think it comes down the, the Juranovic Ralston debate is actually fascinating because if you look at the data, in some cases you could make a case for Ralston uh, being the first choice, but what, and, and this is where you know how, how do I how do you justify saying Juranovic is a better player? And I think it, for me it comes down to, to two things. One is what I'll call in the very broad sense technical ability. So it's the first touch, it's the sureness of that first touch. Uh, and, and the second thing is is simply ground speed. He's just more athletic in terms of um, he physically does things quicker. Mm-hmm. And again, this is this is Ralston has done an amazing job, and very much like Taylor, he's probably maximising the the abilities he's been given, and that sounds patronising. It's not meant to. He's done a fantastic. He's got a great attitude. Both of them have to really improve as footballers, and have done a, have both done a fantastic job to improve this season. But, but if you compare. To a, a Juranovic, you've just got a different level of technical uh, football skills, and, and as I say that manifests itself in inability to get the ball, to master the ball, the control of the ball. And secondly, as I say, it's just that that little bit of so you can't you can't replace speed. You cannot replace speed across the ground, whether it's recovery speed, which is where Taylor and Ralston um, struggle, or whether it's in speed going the other way and just taking the ball up the pitch that little bit quicker and moving that little bit quicker. Uh, and it comes down to with O'Reilly and Rogic as well. O'Reilly just sees things that little. We're talking fractions of a second quicker mm-hmm. than Rogic, and and that that counts for a lot at the top of professional football. Um, the other point, the only other point I wanted to throw in, Enda, was just the fact that given what we've said there about that the, they are they are as a team um, going longer in in the last five matches, and and, and quite you know, noticeably so. And we think that they'll go again with pace up front and hitting people early and try and make it a, an arm wrestle with outside the ball. What Celtic did really well at Ibrox uh, was they nullified um, Goldson and Jack and Lundstrom, who are all really good passers of the ball from deep positions. They're all good long passers of the ball. And I think this is a game where Celtic are going to have to, out of possession, find a way to sit on those three, stop them, Getting out now. You might have to. You know. You might have to, as as James put it. You know, choose your evil, uh, and and that evil might be letting Tavernier gallop up the pitch, which he's very good at, take the ball forward in, in a wide area. But if you can stop them passing uh, aggressively from central positions and sit and, and have people off the ball sitting on on those three, I think you can nullify pretty much effectively their 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 one game plan, frankly. And I, this is where I come back to McGregor versus McLaughlin because all of that I 100% agree with. And if they play McGregor, they lose that release valve, right? So if we're applying that pressure as we should on, uh, you know, Goldson and let's say Bassey, um, and that's Kyogo and Maeda, you know, uh, doing that or, you know, probably Rogic to a degree. That seems to be the way we've been uh, doing it, um, you know. <laughs> Would you rather have McGregor to pass back to or McLaughlin? And if I'm Celtic, I mean, it's like <clears throat> it's not even close. Um, it could, because he's going to put he's going to pass his guys into more pressure. I mean, just generally distribution's going to be 
um, poor and then you're or less good. I'll be charitable. Uh, and you know, he's going to end up going long and he's not a great long kicker. Um, so again, if we pick our evil, I'd much rather have McGregor on the ball than Goldson pinging, um, cross balls or Ludstrom or, you know, these other guys. So, um, with them playing the game of chess, if they were to play McLaughlin, I think that would then give us a much harder decision as far as who we press when and the efficiency of the press. Uh, whereas if they play McGregor, I mean, it's like, again, you're basically chopping off one leg of the table. Yeah. So your favorite time off the show, that is the predictions uh, time. So what, what are we reckon for this one? I, I, I genuinely don't, I don't have a sense at all, really. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, they, they play relatively conservatively and do a number again in terms of stopping Celtic playing. Uh, the, the problem I've got at the moment is I don't think Celtic have got the players to counter that style of play that, that, that is going to be imposed upon them because of the, the fullbacks the, and Starfelt, especially uh, at the back and, and the and Han Hart as well. You've got four out of the five at the back who are just not comfortable playing out. And I think this is a game that's going to demand. Um, it's almost a game where if you were, if you were being um, kind of creative and different, you, you would actually put bit on in there. And, and say to him, right, when you get the ball, I want you to look long and I want you to ping the ball 50 yards. Um, uh, it's, that's not going to happen. But, you know, that that's almost so. I don't know. I, th- I think if I think if we if we get a 1-1, I think we'll be pretty happy with that. James? Well, I'm, uh, for the first time in 28 months, I'm going to be watching the game with... Uh, a Celtic supporter who's not my adopted 80-year-old Peruvian father-in-law who I've turned into a Celtic supporter over the pandemic. Um, so I'm going to go 4-3 Celtic. I think it's going to be a it's going to be a back and forth uh, rip snorter. Uh, I think we've had the the potential for that in the last two games where both teams have generally been awful in the final third, and uh, because I'm going to. Uh, finally get to watch the game with some other supporters. I, I'm, I'm going to be selfish and say that it's going to be an epic back and forth and we're going to win. Mm. Well, let's, let's hope so. Specky hot dog 84. I don't know if that's the same Specky guy that was doing the rap outside Celtic park last time. Hopefully, hopefully not. Um three, one he's going for Gary McDowell's going for two, one to Celtic. Kevin's going to for three nil uh, to Celtic, I presume as well. I think it's going to be tense. I'm going to go with 2-1 to Celtic. 2 or 3-1 to Celtic, but hopefully uh, they get the win as well. If you want to get another preview of this show, uh, you can check out my video with uh, Ryan Fitzsimons from the Celtic the Thunder podcast. Uh, it's part of the Road to the Title series that we're doing on the channel. It's available now as well if you just check out the, the rest of the videos on the, the Breakdown Inc. YouTube and subscribe to the channel as well. We're nearly at 5,000 subs, so it would be great to get there before this game kicks off. I'm actually going to miss most of this game, sadly. I'm going to miss most of it because my own football team are playing and going for the title this weekend as well. Ah, well but then, that's... we're on the Good bus. Luck. Good luck. We're on the bus down. It's like a three-hour journey on the bus, wow. so we have to uh, we have to go down. So we're going, to, we're going to be on the bus. I'll have it on my phone, but Donegal coverage... It's not the best. It's not the best, lads. <laughs> well, then, then you better be that raving lunatic prick that I was describing earlier. If that's a final, you better be going in there like a nut job, mm. a controlled nut do. job. All right. I always good. do. Yeah. yeah so, that's, so, that's so, my... 
and the there's no, way, there's no way you're the talent guy on the team, right? You're the worker. <laughs> you're the graph guy. You're the David Batty. You're the David Batty. Yeah, I was sorry, I, just wanted, I forgot. To, I forgot to ask the question. So just sorry. Just wanted, this only take a minute or two. This is one for for James. Then so just, we had a bit of a, a bit of a laugh about this on WhatsApp. It was just um, so uh, five thirty eight. Right? They do they do football predictions. And they their prediction for uh, the Rangers to win the Europa League, to win the Europa League is eight percent, mm-hmm. and their predictions for um, them to win the Scottish League is three percent. So you 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 know this is your f- three minute pitch to Van Bronckhurst, or from a financial advisor's perspective, what what should they do? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, first of all, I would say that um, I think that eight percent is low. Yeah, uh, I, I would so. be a buyer of that uh, that 12, number. You can get you can get twelve to one. So yeah, yeah. So that to me is t- that's the price too low because um, effectively they've got two knockout games now, and the neither way of them play, are away from home. Yeah, one's one's well, one's at home and one's neutral ground. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. uh, just the normal variance of knockout games, the way to their credit they've played in Europe against. Yeah. Right with against uh, you know teams with more resources and and probably better players, I would say that's too low. So because of that, and and um, you know three percent, I would say is probably about right uh, domestically, and they can't control what they need there, which is the variance is basically they need a couple of teams to help them um, take some points off of Celtic, and that's just and given who we're playing. Uh, and the way that they play, I mean, uh, the, the one I was worried about was Ross County may, maybe sitting deep and uh, <laughs> parking the bus. And, you know, Dundee United and Motherwell have not shown an inclination to do that at all this season. So maybe they, for some reason, because they're going for a European place or something, they get more pragmatic. I suspect that's not the case. So, yeah, I, I, I'd be a heavy better on uh, Europa League if I was uh, Rangers. That's a, that's a good answer. Well, it'll be the biggest achievement for a Scottish team ever in Europe if they do. <laughs> so, fair play to Rangers. Uh, guys, <laughs> pleasure as always. Thanks to everybody who watched uh, on the live YouTube stream as well. Really appreciate all your comments coming in every single week and hopefully Celtic will have a, a win and potentially almost nearly a title <laughs> to celebrate if they win this weekend. James, Enjoy. Alan. Yep, Thank thanks you, guys. And then you bring your title home. When it, when yes, yeah, more importantly, Ender, yeah, yeah, that's a championship a game. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to see it. Exactly. Good luck. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. We shall wait and see. Uh, we'll be back next week with a review of this game, and hopefully it will be a win for Celtic. But until then, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll chat to you later. Good luck. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 